Hi there. Welcome to Semester 7, Episode 7 of the Ivy Wise Just Admitted podcast, where former deans and directors of admission give expert insight into the complex college admissions landscape. This season, we're cracking the code, translating common admission speak. This means we'll be decoding and defining some commonly used admissions language and terms. I'm Tasha, your host. I'm an admissions counselor at Ivy Wise and a former international admission officer at USC and former assistant director of international admissions at Boston University. My guest today is Rod, former associate director of admissions at Case Western University. Hi, Rod. Hi, Tasha, and hi, everybody. Welcome to today's podcast, and I'm very glad to be here with you. I'm glad to have you on, Rod. So today is episode seven of season seven. Seems like kind of a good good luck number. And today we'll be going back to, to an admissions term that is kind of back to basics, but I think really important to revisit as we crack the code this season. So we're going to be defining the term demonstrated interest by answering the question, how do I demonstrate interest? So as we talk about it in college admissions today, how can we define the term demonstrated interest? Yeah, that is a great question. And before I get to that, it's actually funny you mentioned seven as a lucky number because that's actually my second favorite number after number four. Um, but not to get carried away, um, I think a br- relatively brief uh, definition for demonstrated interest would be that um, it demonstrated interest in a college really refers to basically the actions um, and efforts uh, that a prospective student takes in order to show um, interest in a particular institution. So it is a way for them to be able to show their enthusiasm um, for a particular college and their desire to be part of like its um, academic and social community. Um, And colleges will sometimes use that to gauge um, how likely a student is to enroll if they're admitted. And have you had any particular experience with demonstrated interest uh, yourself, either as a as an admissions counselor at Case Western or as a counselor at Ivy Wise? Yeah, no, um, naturally on both fronts, I've had um, experience with that, you know, um, starting with um, my time at Case Western Reserve University. It is actually one of the schools out there that does consider uh, demonstrated interest. Um, and, you know, you will come to talk, I'm sure we'll talk about um, the fact that different institutions um, value or uh, consider demonstrated interest in different manners. But it is one of the institutions where um, that considers um, demonstrated interest moderately. Um, it is... Um, it can be a differentiator with all things, um, all other things being equal, but it's not really something that is like very important. But um, during my time um, advising students uh, at Ivy Wise, um, also worked with lots of students that uh, have been applying to quite a few institutions that value um, or consider um, demonstrated interest on different levels as well. And before we continue, I do just want to take a minute um, and thank you, Rod, for for mentioning, you know, we will be talking about how some schools do value it more than others. I like that you use the term moderately to describe that, since obviously, um, you know, what what does moderately even mean compared to uh, strongly or not as strongly. So, so we'll talk about that a little bit. It can be subtle. But before, I, I want to talk about uh, the term itself. It's why we're we're 
talking about translating common admission speak, because I think especially for those those of us who work in this field, it's really easy to kind of take for granted some of these terms and just you know, talk about them and forget that someone who is coming to the admissions world for the first time might not quite understand what's going on. Uh, but also to to remember that, like, we don't have to give things these complicated uh, terminologies all the time to to, you know, be able to talk about things clearly. So it's really just as simple as like you demonstrate your interest. That's it. <laughs> We're just, um, you know, using demonstrated to to describe the word interest. But uh, of course, it makes sense, really, if you if you think about it, just like bare, bare bones logically um, that colleges are going to want to, for the most part, feel confident that a, an applicant is interested in them uh, as a way to gauge First of all, like how good of a fit they might be, uh, but also how likely they might be to actually attend if they are admitted. Uh, but maybe not all colleges are as uh, preoccupied with this particular uh, factor, right, of, of interest and of demonstrated interest. Well, I was just going to say, like, could really relate to uh, what you said about it just being as simple as it sounds. I know from conversations that I typically have with students um, and families, you know, there's uh, so much uh, that seems like insider lingo uh, when it comes to the college application process. And this is one of the only ones that I could think of that is just um, what it sounds like, you know, but I still get families all the time like, well, could you really explain demonstrated interest? Is it really what it's sounds like or is it something else because everything else can um, have you know double meanings can be so um, shrouded in mystery um, and it's refreshing to at least have something that you can say no it's actually just what it sounds like exactly that's such a good point and and if anyone is curious to know what some of those terms are that are very complicated and complex, I would point you to, I believe it's episode four of this season with uh, our incredible counselor, Robin, where we break down the different early action uh, application types and talk about single choice early action versus restricted early action. And it's not as simple as it sounds at all. And I recognize it doesn't even sound simple. So <laughs> just an example of some of those terms that um, you know, even if you find a definition, that definition might change from individual college to college. In this case, the definition of the term stays the same, but whether or not a college is considering it may change depending on the college. So um, let's talk about, Rod, why demonstrated interest can matter. Why is it something that might be important for colleges to consider? That is really, you know, the million dollar question. Um, I suppose, like, where do I start for uh, this? Um, you know, uh, demonstrated interest um, matters a great deal uh, for, for several reasons. And, and some of these are more from an institution's perspective. And you'll have some of those reasons that are more so from like an applicant's perspective. Um, I think arguably the most important reason why um, demonstrated interest is so important is um, because it is linked to a college a, a college's ability to predict yield. 
Um, and for those of you that aren't familiar with what that term means, uh, yield, yield here simply refers to the percentage of students um, who choose to enroll in an institution if they're admitted. So for example, let's say College X, um, you have a College X that admits 100 students um, and 75 of them decide to enroll, then the yield rate there is um, 75%. Um, and yield is so important. Being able to, to predict yield is so important because a predictable yield rate uh, not only helps colleges um, manage their enrollment numbers effectively, but it also helps them, you know, allocate resources like housing, uh, faculty resources uh, effectively as well, and really be able to deliver um, what I would say a consistent educational um, experience. So from that perspective, it is um, very, very important. Um, and colleges are, you know, typically always looking to achieve a higher yield rate. Um, and uh, demonstrated interest is really one of the ways that they can keep a pulse on that or help them kind of um, manage that. And the reality is that a school's reputation um, and rankings uh, directly correlate with their yield rate. Um, um, colleges that have higher yield rates um, tend to really have more selective and competitive admissions processes. Um, and that selectivity, you know, very often factors into, uh, I'd call it algorithms um, that are used to determine college rankings by organizations like the U.S. News uh, and World Rankings. Um, and that higher selectivity equals higher uh, rankings equals stronger reputation equals even more selectivity equals even uh, stronger rankings and reputation as well. So in a sense, it's kind of like a positive feedback loop of sorts um, that just keeps on giving. I know there are like, you know, other reasons uh, why that is important, but from your perspective, Tasha, what are some of um, like the reasons that you'd say are, are um come to the come to the fore as to why demonstrated interest is so important yeah thank you thank you for that rod and um before i answer your question i did just want to plug that uh we are going to have a more in-depth episode uh just on yield uh at the end of the season um yield and other aspects around yield and so if you're interested in learning more about that and why it is something uh that colleges look so closely at uh keep keep on listening to the season so I think for the most part, um, so actually I can talk a little bit about my experience uh, at the two universities where I worked. Uh, so at Boston University, uh, demonstrated interest is considered um, similarly moderately. Um, so it's not one of the main factors. Uh, it's something that might get looked at um, toward the end of an application review. And then um, at USC, the University of Southern California, it is not considered at all. And so I kind of had an experience, two different experiences at two different institutions that handle demonstrated interest differently, one that did consider it moderately and the other that did not at all. Uh, but that said, I can I can talk about um, how BU considered it. Um, I think ultimately, yes, to to understand, you know, how likely a student was going to be to attend uh, if admitted, um, which is yield. But then also um, going back to what I said earlier about fit. So if a student is, uh, you know, 
applying to, let's say, the business school, which is typically one of the, mo- the most competitive uh, colleges at any given university if they, if they have a, a separate business school. Uh, but their entire application is is really pointy, really um, focused on a completely different discipline, let's say creative writing or something like that. Um, and they don't indicate really any experience in business. Maybe their their math or quantitative skills are not particularly strong, uh, but they're applying to the business school. I think that would be, you know, a, a pretty big question mark. It would still be a question mark. So, so I'm not sure about this example, but stick with me here. But if that student, for example, had um, done some kind of a program through the university, let's say a summer program or some kind of a research experience or something uh, in business where like that is their one <laughs> way that one demonstrated interest that could show like, okay, this student perhaps like just discovered this interest um, and so, you know, they're pointing an angular toward this other discipline, but um, they're showing us here that they, by having participated in this program or visited the college and met with XYZ person at the business school or gone to their uh, tour, those, those are different ways to show demonstrate interest, which we'll go more into, then maybe uh, the admissions committee could make the determination that that student had demonstrated enough interest in both the school and the college to get further consideration, right? So that's a little bit of an extreme example where um, maybe an application was not quite fitting in um, and an admissions counselor was kind of putting a little bit of a of a dog ear on it to, to question, you know, the, the student's intentions. And then maybe a form of demonstrated interest could could maybe not completely flip things, but could uh show that the student did do something to demonstrate interest in the field and in the school. Um, beyond that, uh, in terms of my experience at Ivy Wise, I mean, I think it's, it is important to um, research the different, co- like all students should be researching the the specifics uh, about each college that they plan to apply. And um you know, I think our answer to to many, many questions for that students ask is it depends. And this is, you know, just another one of those examples where uh, it does depend whether or not a college considers demonstrated interest on that particular college. And so, um, you know, if I know that there's a particular school that really, really cares about this, then, you know, I will counsel my student to do their best to attend an info session, whether in person or virtual. Um, luckily, you know, there are virtual options these days that that can still, you know, definitely count toward demonstrated interest if a school tracks it and considers it. Um, and so it's all about having the information about who does or does not consider demonstrated interest. And then, of course, using that information to make decisions strategically uh, to kind of prioritize which schools you should be engaging with a little bit more closely. Um, all right. Any Anything to add there, Rod? I know I just um, went on a tangent. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think that was really, that was really great, um, especially mentioning you know, fit, fit um, cannot be emphasized enough as to why uh, demonstrated interest is important. But, you know, as you were uh, talking about that, one of the things that, that like came to mind that I just briefly wanted to share is that um, as 
as uh, colleges are looking to kind of assess fit, um, another element as uh, why demonstrated interest is so important is because, um, you know, students that um, engage with an institution, they ask uh, questions, attend events, um, and, and really express their enthusiasm are more likely to be a sh not just a strong fit, but also contribute positively um, to the college community by participating in things like extracurriculars when they actually arrive on campus. So that's part of that extension of the fit you were just talking about, Tasha. Um, if you have a student that ends up on a campus, they didn't really pick it. It wasn't one of like you know their uh, choices or a school that they really felt strongly about. Um, those students are usually not as engaged and involved in on the campus community. So demonstrated interest is really important too because you're really picking students that are enthusiastic to be there, um, about being there. They're gonna bring that that school spirit, that campus uh, spirit. Uh, they're gonna be very happy to be involved in in some of those active some of the activities that uh, and opportunities on offer within uh, the campus environment. Uh, they're gonna take on those leadership roles as well uh, during their time there. So I think that's something um, that, that colleges keep in mind when thinking about demonstrated interest. Yeah, that's something I hadn't considered, but it, it definitely makes sense that, um, you know, students kind of learn in high school, of course, how to get involved and, and be engaged. Uh, but, you know, demonstrated interest is just another way of, of kind of proving that they have the capacity to, to seek out um, different things and to take initiative. Okay. So before we go on further, I think it's really important to make sure that we break down the different ways that students can show demonstrated interest. Can you help me with one of those first ones, Rod? Ooh, um, I think you already uh, mentioned one uh, as you were um, as you were um, talking about uh, fit here. You talked about campus visits. Um, you know, if possible, um, you should students should be visiting uh, campuses in person. Um, they should be attending those information sessions, uh, going to open house events if a school has them. Uh, taking campus tours, exploring uh, campus facilities. Um, that is really one of the more direct ways uh, that students can can show um, their interest in an institution. Um, and, you know, if a, if an institution offers uh, special visit programs to things like um, fly-in programs for prospective students, uh, you should really consider participating uh, in those as well as you usually get more of an in-depth look of what uh, the institution is about. Uh, the resources, opportunities it has to offer, and you can get more of a sense of if it's a good fit for you. Um, you really get a deep dive um, during some of those kinds of events. But if you cannot attend, um, visit campus in person, uh, like you mentioned, Tasha, um, you really should be taking advantage of uh, virtual campus tours um, and online information sessions, which um, many institutions offer. And that's pretty much like a permanent fixture uh, since the advent of COVID. So that's one of the things that um, one of, I suppose, you could say positive things that came out of uh, COVID is that a lot of institutions are now offering uh, virtual opportunities to be able to demonstrate interests uh, by signing up for information sessions and whatnot. Um, another one that I'd like to highlight is really interviews. Um, if you have the opportunity to participate in an admissions
patient's interview. Uh, whether again, if it's offered in person or virtually, uh, you should do so. Uh, you should be well prepared um, and really show your enthusiasm for the school. And one of the reasons why I always recommend uh, interviews to students that I advise is that um, interviews allow you to kind of show your interest um, in a way that is more authentic than it, it tends to come off on paper. Um, so your tone of voice, your, your body language can really show that next level of excitement. And these are things that would not really pop out um, on your application per se. But um, I think those are some of, um, you know, I'd, I'd say two of the important ones. I know there are a lot more out there, but uh, any that you want to highlight in particular, Tasha? Yeah, so I just wanted to talk about interviews a little bit as well, um, because there are a few different kinds of interviews, and I want to make sure it's clear um, that there that that distinction is made. And so uh, there are schools who have that have evaluative interviews, uh, which means that that interview is fully a part of your application um, in terms like, you know, it, it, it's being evaluated in the same way that your transcript might be evaluated, your test scores, um, your essays, et cetera. Uh, so the content itself is being taken into account and being considered as uh, admissions readers decide whether or not they're able to, to admit the student. Then there are non-evaluative interviews that are really the ones that are basically just there as an opportunity for demonstrated interests, an opportunity for a student to um, introduce themselves further to an admissions office uh, or admissions counselor as an opportunity to demonstrate interest, to ask questions. Um, so I know that during my time at Boston University, um, we did not uh, offer evaluative interviews, but we did offer non-evaluative interviews interviews on a case-by-case -case basis or kind of situationally. Um, so when I was traveling um, throughout Latin America, which is what I did uh, as an international admissions counselor, um, that was my region in Latin America. If I happened to be in, say, Mexico City or um, Bogota, I would say I would reach out, um, send an email to anyone who had shown interest in BU in a variety of fashions. Um, virtually and let them know that I was there and that I was available for interviews during a given time at a given place. Um, so uh, sometimes you may just, just be alert to your, to your email. I know it's hard to be uh, constantly um, barraged with so many different forms of communication, but um, you know, you might just get those kinds of communications from colleges where you've expressed interest before, um, usually like online. And so um, you might get an invitation, kind of an informal invitation for an evaluative interview like that. Um, you can also do, sorry, non-evaluative interview. You could also potentially do that kind of interview on campus um, during a visit or during a counselor's visit to your high school if they visit directly. So, um, you know, if many, many schools do not offer even this kind of interview. So, of course, if they aren't offered, um, I do not recommend uh you know, trying to get one or, or pressuring an admissions counselor to, to do a non-evaluative interview if it's not at all part of their process, of course. Um, but if you are invited or if you see it somewhere um, on the website or anything like that, it I think taking the initiative to, to schedule one of those non-evaluative interviews is a really, really good way uh, to demonstrate interest. 
there's actually something that um, you just mentioned that I'm sort of curious about, Tasha. So um, at Case Western Reserve University, we also did non-evaluative interviews. Um, and even though we did not evaluate um, per se um, how you came up, came off during the interview, um, we still did interviews right up that might um, sometimes play a role, um, not in your admissions decision, but would would come would be a factor when evaluating your um your application in the sense that we would for example look to see you know what you were interested in studying uh what you were interested in career wise if you'd started to think about that because case western reserve is a kind of place where you know a lot of students come in they're they're really um with a good sense of what they might be interested in doing in the future so they don't really have completely lots of completely undecided students right like what even when they're undecided they're undecided like stem i want to become a doctor maybe i just don't know what kind of doctor or i want to become an engineer i just don't know what kind of engineer but truly undecided students are rare so we we'll typically use those write write-ups then to try and get a sense um to to try and see if the student had some sense of direction if that was not clear in their application but curious as well from your time uh, at the different institutions uh, or boston university um even though you had non-evaluative interviews did they play any role in the admissions process or the evaluation process i mean i think it's it's really just what we're talking about is that the, the role was that they added to our tracking of demonstrated interest. So if a student had already visited campus, for example, or done anything else that fit demonstrated interest, then this would add to that, or it would be their one um, kind of engagement with the university. I think the only time that it affected the application in any kind of different way would be if they're um, and I'm actually not really aware of, of any of these instances, but my guess is if there was any kind of major red flag or um, anything that happened during the interview that um, indicated concern of any kind, that that would, you know, that the content of the interview would come into play. Uh, but other than that, it was really just uh, for demonstrated interest. Good. Sounds good. <laughs> um, and so I, I know that we I keep we keep talking about how some schools track it, some schools don't. I, I gave the BU USC example for my personal experience, but um, how how can a student even know? How does a student find out whether a school considers demonstrated interest? Um, you know, that's really when when a student is going through the application process, uh, they're going to have to be doing a lot of research about a lot of different aspects of um, institutions that they're looking to apply to um, and demonstrated interest is one of those things that uh, should be on their list. Um, you know, as you're browsing on the website of on the institution's website or, um, you know, having conversations with your counselors um, as well, you should be discussing um, or thinking about institutions that consider demonstrated interest and to what degree. Um, I think something that's important to keep in mind is that some institutions will be forthright and transparent about their demonstrated um, interest policy. Uh, some institutions are not quite as transparent um, about that. Um, but regardless of, of where they might stand and whether they're being transparent with that sort of information,
information. Um, really always advise students that it's still a good practice to be able to uh, to show genuine interest in the schools that you're applying to. Um, because, you know, uh, as you're going through that uh, college, the application process, it's not just about showing an institution that you really want to be there, but it's also about you trying to understand how you're going to fit into uh, an institution. So that demonstrated interest will lead to a better understanding of uh, the institution and, you know, as well might positively influence um, the impression that you make during an application process. So regardless of what information you're able to find um, during uh, your research process, always uh, encourage students to, to still show uh, interest in the institutions uh, that they will be applying to. That's exactly right. And that's what I was hoping you would you would point to, Rod, is that it's not always apparent. So sometimes it will be clearly listed on a web on a website. Yes, we track or consider demonstrated interest or no, we do not. Uh, but oftentimes it's not clear. So um, unless you attend an information session where that information is said verbally or unless you speak to an admissions counselor, if it's not on their website, it may not be clear. Um, and so it's it's a safer bet to demonstrate interest when in doubt. Uh, but it's also a good idea to, you know, engage with with them to find out more information, um, to work with a counselor, like an Ivy Wise counselor to, to get more information, uh, or just to demonstrate interest in general. Um, all right. So just a couple more questions here that I'm thinking about that I want to make sure we cover um, is, okay, once a student, you know, has a plan, uh, understands what demonstrated interest is and understands the different ways that they can show it. Um, when should they start actually demonstrating it? I always say it's never too early to start, um, showing demonstrated interest in an institution. And, you know, um, it can be weird um, when you're just using this term showing demonstrated interest, right? But I think early on during that process when you're showing that interest, um, what it really means is that you're doing more research about an institution for yourself, right? Uh, so we can kind of get bogged down on the language that uh, showing interest and whatnot. But um, at the end of the day, you know, when having conversations with students, uh, um, try to advise them more so to think about it as you're trying to learn um, early on about the sort of institutions that might be a good uh, fit for you. Um, and that means, you know, for some students um, I'd work with, they'd start as early as eighth grade even. Um, you have a lot of students that will start typically during their sophomore year, but I don't think there's any point that is too early to start. Um, the earlier you start, the better off you will be um, in your senior year when the application process is actually ongoing. Um, and so really encourage students to get uh, started as early as possible. But, um, you know, when you also work with an, uh, a counselor like an Ivy Wise counselor, we typically have a plan to get put a plan together for you uh, for your high school years uh, to be able to kind of uh, navigate that demonstrated interest portion or 
or um, another way to put it, to be able to learn more about institutions that you might ultimately interested in applying to. Um, and I think the goal is at the end of the day, you know, by the time you're going into your senior year, um, you're having or finalizing um, a, a really balanced list of schools that include reach, um, include um, target and likely institutions, all of which you would be really, really happy to attend. Um, and the earlier you start in that process, I think the more time you have to consider all kinds of schools and really bog down, learn a lot more about yourself and find those institutions, um, you know, that will be a terrific fit. Um, but at the end of the day, um, I recognize that different students start this process at different points in time. So no matter when you start uh, kind of thinking about this, um, if you're working with a counselor like an, at Ivy Wise, we can always work with you on uh, wherever you are. Um, in your high school career to kind of um, develop a schedule uh, for for exploring different institutions that work, works well for where you're at. Yeah, and I want to stress this idea of of doing research for for yourself more than for external reasons. Um, you know, if you if you engage with a school, if you go to virtual information session, if you do any of these things that are helping you learn about a place, even before you've decided whether or not you want to apply, uh, it's it's for you, right, to be able to start making those decisions before it becomes a part of your application, right? Because you haven't necessarily decided whether or not you're going to be applying to a particular place when you first start the research process. And so I think that's a really good point, Rod, that you know, something that might start out as research might eventually become demonstrated interest if a student does indeed eventually apply to that school. But ultimately, um, it's useful, right? It's useful for a student to get to know uh, different institutions and to get to know themselves and the kinds of uh, things that matter to them, what they want to prioritize uh, about their, their future college experience. This kind of reminds me of something that I used to talk about a lot um, in my information sessions uh, when I was working for universities uh, was, you know, this idea of, of the internship, for example, a lot of um, current students that I would speak with would talk about, uh, you know, internship opportunities or experiences that they had that they loved and maybe some that they didn't like as much. But the idea that that experience is just as much there uh, for professional growth and all of that as it is to help students understand what they want to do and what they don't want to do, right? So all experience is useful in kind of teaching you um, a little bit more about yourself and your interests and your your ambitions. And so that, that reminded me of that is like all research is useful, um, all kind of engagements with universities, whether you ultimately apply there or not, are useful uh, in helping you kind of determine what your goals are and, and in building that balanced college list that Rod just described. Okay. Do you think we've covered it all, Rod? Yeah, I think I think well, I think we've covered a lot of ground. I think one of the things that like um actually maybe thought about that uh, maybe we didn't talk so much about. So when talking about um some of the ways that that students uh could demonstrate interest uh in an institution, one of the ones that like you know just kept coming back um to uh, top of mind was really applying early. Um, and I just really wanted to emphasize that one. Um, you know, so what whether you're applying to 
for an institution, early decision, early action, um, that can, can really demonstrate a high level of interest because it shows the school that you've made them kind of a priority, uh, as in a priority to apply early. Um, and uh, especially wanted to emphasize the fact that early decision stands out as the greatest show of demonstrated interest that there is at the end of the day, because um, you know, you're telling an institution essentially that you're my number one choice. And if you admit me, I'm dropping everything else. I am that excited about this institution. So I think I would have been remiss if I did not mention that particular one. Yeah, absolutely. I think that I almost forget that 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 these two worlds are tied, the worlds of early applications and demonstrated interest, just because it's so so obvious to me uh, that that early applications are demonstrated interest, right? But of course, um, of course, they go hand in hand, and I think, like you said, early decision is like the number one number one way to show demonstrated interest and schools that don't track demonstrated interest in other ways but do offer early decision as an application option are of course understanding that you're demonstrated demonstrating your interest if you apply early decision to be clear uh, but then early action uh is another is another kind of the next best way if it is offered uh because it shows that you took the initiative to apply early, to get your things together early, um, and to, to kind of prioritize a particular application. Uh, but keeping in mind that, you know, if early action is not the best route for, for you as a student, because maybe you're waiting to get um, additional test scores in or waiting to get uh, your fall senior grades in for any particular reason, then, um, you know, you should prioritize that, uh, you know, speaking with your counselor and figuring things out over necessarily, you know, wanting to apply just for that demonstrated interest, you know, ultimately having those those more quantitative elements to strengthen your application probably are going to be more important. But of course, that can be case by case. It always, always depends. <laughs> so thanks so much, Rod. I think that was a really important um, final thing to bring up that I was kind of taking for granted. So so thank you. So that just about wraps up this episode of Just Admit It. Thank you so much for joining us, Rod. It was a pleasure to be here uh, and chat with you. Thanks for having me. Of course. Hope to have you back soon. Stay tuned for a new episode every other week throughout the fall. Next up, what is a hooked student? In the meantime, you can catch up on all of our previous episodes by visiting our podcast page and be sure to bookmark our knowledge base for additional help with navigating the complex and competitive admissions process. If there are any topics you'd like us to cover in the next semester, please email us at podcast at ivywise.com. And don't forget to follow us on socials for more resources on the higher ed landscape. You can find us at follow ivywise. From IvyWise, I'm your host, Tasha, and this has been Just Admit It. See you next time.